Hey, welcome to the RSP cast. I'm Matt Waldman, joined by my my sister in film here, Lori Fitzpatrick. Uh, how are you doing, Lori? I'm doing fantastic. Um, you know, right now I'm working on uh, the Jaguars defense. Uh, just grinding through the film, excited to maybe dive into some Justin Herbert this week. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a good week. You know, teams are really starting to farm, fo- form their own uh, identities, and it's just really exciting to watch. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And and before we get into a lot of that, you know, I had a uh, I had a, a listener question about pass protection execution for running back play, and I thought that would be a fun thing for us to each kind of talk about some of the things that we look for with that when we're studying you know, studying a player executing in pass protection at the running back position. So what are some of the things that you look for, Lori, when you do that? Uh, so one of the things I'm looking for is uh, the running back to, to step up and make a choice. Uh, even if it's the wrong choice, at least step up and try to block somebody. It's, uh, it's the running backs that kind of are more passive and, and maybe that's their assignment where they're, you know, Hey, just try to stick next to the quarterback uh, and just take on anyone that comes your way. Um, but sometimes they get blown back pretty far because they're sitting there and waiting. Uh, so obviously leverage, uh, you know, in terms of making sure that your, you know, your chest is above your knees, things like that. When, when you're going up to take on that, uh, that rusher, um, but also, you know, not being as passive and kind of stepping up and, and, taking on that that uh pass rusher uh you know head on yeah without a doubt and i think that that's a, those are definitely important things i was funny i was just highlighting a video last night from Najee harris who um you know statistically didn't have a great game but i thought he performed pretty well against the patriots but one area that's always been lacking with him is that he does invite the first contact from the defender because he overextends with his pads over his knees, his head down, and then the defender's able to come in and just get the first shot because his arms come out. So from a technique, from, you know, obviously the diagnostic part, is, as you, you, you mentioned, is an important part of the game. And, you know, the advanced level of it for young players, I think, is are they on the same page with their linemen in terms of who they're supposed to be assigned to? And then being able to step up and get deep into the pocket, like you said, I'm totally into that. You want, you know, I think from technique standpoint, wide base, being able to have a decent athletic bend in your hips and knees so that you can be able to, um, you know, handle the contact that's coming, but to be able to time up the first contact so that you can initiate the contact because you're taking on guys who are coming down with a runway and momentum. So delivering that with the elbows tight, the, um, you know, being able to punch with an uppercut and roll through the hips when you make that contact, the best pass blockers at the running back position learn from linemen and know you know know those techniques linemen show where you're able to drive through and upward so that you explode yeah explode through it exactly and then that because when you make that first contact then you're able to dictate what happens next even against a bigger defender you can at least have a chance to move your feet get your hands inside and really Mm -hmm. turn somebody at least even if they eventually overpower you you get at least an extra beat and i think you know with these things you know i i we had a question from a listener about it and they said well you know i noticed with (laughs) a guy like say jarek mckinnon where he drops his head a little bit on some of these plays and 
and I would say that part of evaluating pass protection isn't just whether they execute all the techniques right, but who they're handling. Are they able to withstand contact with the other techniques that they're doing right to be able to at least withstand that first blow and move with and shield or redirect a linebacker or a defensive end or a defensive tackle long enough to do those yeah. things? Yeah, I, I just... There, there are times where it's just not realistic for a running back to take on, uh, you know, a defensive tackle. Right. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, like, they're going to get blown out of their sneakers, you know, their cleats. And when you're taking on that eight-gap blitzer, you know, that's different. You know, that's, you know, that that's a safety, like a strong safety coming in. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a linebacker um, or, you know, maybe through a stunt. Uh, you know, the defensive end is coming around. Um, but you'll have a better chance, you know, against those guys. But someone like Aaron Donald, there's just, you know, a, a, your lineman should be picking that up. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be the last resort uh, running back. You know, the, the, the offensive line, like you're saying, like how you mentioned now, you know, they need to all know their assignments. They need to know who they're picking up uh, when, you know, maybe there's, there's that big gap in the offensive line. You know, which offensive lineman is going to slide over so you take the guy that they were on? Um, you know, so you sh you really shouldn't see too many uh, running backs picking up a defensive tackle. Yeah, without a doubt. And even when they're taking on linebackers or taking on um, safeties, depending on the nature of the angle of approach or the amount of downhill momentum that defender has when they step into the pocket, you have to understand, I think, that you have to take some of these pass protection assignments on a case-by-case -case scenario. If you're able to, if a safety who's 10 pounds heavier than you or your size has a 15-yard runway as they time up that <laughs> blitz and you step up three steps to greet them, or even if they're, or you know, and they're able to get the better of the collision and you say you drop your head, but, you, you know, maybe technically that's not good, but at the same time, if you're consistently able to shield off a defender, use the other techniques that you have in, in a good, you know, in a proper way to be able to hold off that guy. It may not be pretty, but if you're consistently effective, then, you know, the things that we can nitpick and say it's not ideal, but it's effective is, yeah. is important in that area. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like especially with with the head dropping thing like um like yeah it's obviously not good you never want to drop your head in football anyway right. uh you know that's the first thing you learn when you're a toddler or not toddler obviously but like peewee football right. you know never drop your head um but you also know that as a you know as a professional athlete um like the way your leverage is in your body is is important right and wherever your head goes your body goes so if you you lean your head all the way back then you're most likely going to get pushed back unless you have strong legs and a strong base like you're going to get pushed back if you hold your head like too high so you know those guys maybe they're not super comfortable taking on that block so maybe that's kind of why they put their head down and they're like let me just give it all i got including you know putting my head in their chest yeah exactly i think that's totally it and it happens so fast 
And that's the other thing is because getting, you know, making the read just after the snap, if there's an adjustment that they have to look for, getting to that spot and then getting square. Those are three steps that take a lot more than, you know, take a lot more coordination than I sometimes think we give it credit for. So I think that's where you look at a player. I mean, the the guy who asked us about this asked about, you know, Jarek McKinnon because he was comparing, say, Jarek McKinnon with Jalen Warren and how Warren doesn't drop his head, but McKinnon, McKinnon does because I had noted that McKinnon was a good pass protector for the Chiefs. He was the best pass protector that they had out of the running backs. And I think that, you know, technically he has some lapses, but in terms of comparing him to the other players in the backfield and how well he handles the assignments that he has, it may not be perfect, but it's yeah. but it's workable in the same way that say, you know, Nelson Aguilar caught had, you know, had a hundred yard day um on Sunday. But basically, Gator clapped a couple of catches, and there were some catches there where, like, the technique was far from perfect, but it, it's effective enough that he's a contributor for an NFL team. You know, you may not, he may, he may have been sent packing from two teams, and he may get sent packing from a third someday at some point. But the the point of the matter is, is that there's still enough things with his game that are good enough that get him on the field and seen as a contributor if not a productive starter in the right in the right system. So I think that that's that's the hard part about a value and is kind of finding prioritizing the different techniques on certain levels and saying okay, yes, this is a lapse, but how much how much do you take away from that when you're grading one player versus the other, especially in the college game or comparing two guys on a on a depth chart. So so let's move on to the Jaguars Colts because I mean, listen, we know you're a Jaguars fan. Um, you know, you're not allowed to say that. I'm not allowed to be a fan anymore. Come you're on. not. I'm a Browns fan, <laughs> and I'm a kind of in the closet as a as a as a Ravens fan as well. So I mean, listen. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't like rules. So what about? <laughs> no, I, I I feel you, man. I was you know I was told that, and you know, so I I don't, I don't want anybody to think my my work is is bias either so um you know i try not to show it too much but i gotta i gotta give the jaguar fans you know the the i don't know my hats off because honestly if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be where i'm at right now you know that was the team that i started breaking down because i watched them the most because yes i am a fan so that's okay well you can be objective on so what do you think objectively about the jaguars colts game in terms of you know what what do you think about how the Jaguars performed this game and what that means about possibly about their outlook moving forward? Well, let me just say, I'm really upset that there's no betting sports betting in Florida um, because I would have put at least $200 on the Jacksonville Jaguars to win it. And it's only because the history of their matchup in Jacksonville, um, you know, I, I don't know if it was, I don't know who said it on the NFL network, um, I, it wasn't Darius Butler. Um, yeah, I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about Tom Brady having issues with the with the Saints uh, and how, you know, the Saints kind of had their number. But, like, people were arguing, yo, it's Tom Brady. Like, there's no way that, you know, there's any there, – there's no, like, real thing with uh, playing an opponent that you always lose to. But it, it is definitely a thing. 
Like, especially when Tom Brady was playing uh, for the Patriots and he always went down to, to Miami and he would always have a hard time. Like, that is a real thing. And, and the Jacksonville Jaguars just have the Colts number when they play in Jacksonville. It's just, just, I don't know what it is, uh, but maybe the history of it just makes the team play harder. Um, I think, I think that it shows, it showed what the, what the defense is capable of. Uh, it gave them a chance to kind of show off, uh, you know, their tenacity. It, it gave them a chance to show off, you know, maybe they have those Saxonville days, you know, still in their pocket um, because they got a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan. Um, they stopped Jonathan Taylor. I think he only had like four care or five carries for four yards, uh, you know, by the time the first half ended. Um, and it was definitely the way that they that they set up their fronts, the way that they came out, um, you know, their unbalanced defensive line uh, how, and how they isolated some of the ends uh, with with some of the tackles on the Colts. Um, I think uh, Roy Robertson Harris like really dominated Quentin Nelson just in terms of like the matchups in general um, were just favored for the Jaguars. So I think that they schemed it in a way to favor favor those matchups, um, and uh, you know, it it says a lot about what the Jaguars' defense is capable of, capable of. But you can't ignore the fact that the the Colts had significant injuries too. So you know they they didn't have Mike Pittman, they didn't have Alec Pierce, who's a really good rookie wide receiver. I mean, he he's got he's got it all, um, yeah. and he's just getting going. So. Um, I think those were two big losses. And then on the defensive side of the ball, they miss they were missing their main corner. Um, his name is uh, is slipping more. Kenny mind. Moore. Yeah, Kenny Moore. And then uh, they also didn't have uh, Shaquille um, Leonard. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, Leonard. Yeah. So you know those are really big pieces. So you can't ignore that. Um, so I do feel like uh, you know when you don't have that dominance on the defensive side of the ball, you know the time of possession is not going to be in your favor, you know, and, you know, when you make a mistake on the offensive side of the ball or you can't move the chains, you know, you expect your defense to to kind of give you a breath of fresh air on the sideline and give you some, like, uh, you know, some some resting time, but that just didn't happen. Um, you know, the, 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 the offense on the Jaguars played really well. Uh, they, they weren't you know, the, the Colts defense wasn't really able to stop them. Uh, so it just, it allowed, it allowed the, you know, it allowed the Jaguars start to start with a, with a one up in a way because the Colts offense couldn't move uh, and the Colts defense couldn't stop anyone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think injuries definitely played a part, um, but it does give positive signs ahead for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, just the way that they schemed the game was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that part of scheming the game was interesting because with the Colts, like you said, with all those players missing, when you bring in reserves and you're facing an offense that is, I, I would classify that, you know, every offense has schemed plays, but I would say the Jaguars are kind of a highly schemed offense when you look at their personnel. When you look at Christian Kirk, when you look at Travis Etienne, you know, these are they they Etienne's a player that I think you have you have to scheme a lot to get the most out of him like kind of the same way that you scheme Curtis Samuel into space you try to see you scheme 
um, Travis Etienne in, into space. You, you know, he's not the inside runner that James Robinson is in terms of decision making, um, you know, ability. But he's you know obviously a, a terrific athlete a great explosive athlete who can catch the ball and you get him into that open space and it's great and with the Jaguars Colts with the Colts when you have reserves and they have to deal with a, a certain number of schemed looks like say Christian Kirk out of the backfield in the red zone you're forcing them to make a lot more um, diagnostic decisions pre-snap that yeah. with reserves it can be confusing I mean just look at the Ravens game you know, and the collapse of that defense and, you know, just simple things of like whether or not the cornerback thinks he has safety help. You know, I mean, there were two plays in that game that pretty much flipped the, flipped the script with Tyreek Hill. So when you look back at this Colts-Jaguars affair, I think that the fact that they use, that they're using Christian Kirk out of the backfield, they're moving him around, I think is helpful. Using Zay Jones on some scheme plays, I think is helpful too, because I don't, I'm not a big fan of Zay Jones's game as an, as say a, an overall like starter receiver, but he's a good contributor who is a good, good athlete who can do a lot of um, good things for you when you can get him into open space. So he's I, got good hands. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you take those guys and pair them up in that way, then you can and you continue to lean on Marvin Jones where you can for some of the tough matchup routes, the timing routes that break back to the quarterback or into the teeth of the defense. You can get some of that out of Kirk. You can and then the same things with Etienne, Ingram, you know, to me, Etienne, Ingram, Zay Jones, those are all guys that I think you have to scheme a little more than maybe you would with you know, with other players at those positions where they can win one-on-one -on -one with players at a high level. Um, but they're so good when you can get them into that open space that I think that, you know, Peterson's a good match for what they have going on there. And I think we'll continue to see nice, um, you know, wrinkles for the Jaguars moving forward. And it and it does help, you know, looking at looking at how quickly Trevor Lawrence got rid of the ball and was able to, you know, leverage those opportunities, I think were good. With the Colts, I think my biggest, con you know, obviously the injuries were the biggest concern. Matt Ryan had an awful game. It was probably one of the worst I've seen him may play in terms of some of the decisions he made, just trying to get rid of the ball, um, yeah. you know. But I think that's, I'm more confident that in, you know, by the end, by October, we're going to see this team on the same page we're going to see matt ryan playing pretty good football i yeah. don't I, I don't think this is philip rivers at the end of his rope part two you know with matt ryan i think this is just more of a a bad week based on the the matchup with the opponent and the injuries that were there and you know the the jaguars did some great work with their stunts the, they did a very good job with their interior line being able to create those opportunities um, for guys like Josh Allen. Um, so, you, you know, I was impressed with what they did, but I think for the Colts, I think still this is more of a blip than it is a, a sign of things to come. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think it takes a little bit for, for quarterbacks to kind of get on the same page with the Frank Reich's offense. Um, you know, I still, you know, I, I kind of had the Colts winning this division. Um, so... <laughs> You know, that's... I'm with you. I, 
I still think that that's going to happen um, only because of those injuries. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, Matt Ryan still has a has a chance to kind of get on the same page with everybody. Um, but, you know, I can't discount, uh, you know, the Jaguars either because they definitely played a hell of a game. And I think they're kind of a different team with, with the coaches that they have. Um, you know, with Mike Caldwell, you know, having that history – uh, with Doug Peterson, like back on the Eagles, he he played some, or he uh, you know he coached some good defenses with with uh, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Bucks. Like he knows how to develop linebackers, um, and if you have a good front that can get a lot of pressure, then those linebackers just are free to kind of you know move sideline to sideline. And I think the Jaguars made really good picks in the draft with Devin Lloyd, and then they got Boye. Uh, Aluakon from the Falcons, who's like a super fast uh, linebacker who's, you know, not undersized like you know, Miles Jack was, which, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of him, um, just like the way he tackles in general. But, you know, I think that Mike Caldwell is doing a really good job to put the, the players in the position to win. Well, I thought Miles Jack was a better running back prospect, to be honest with you, than he was a linebacker <laughs> prospect. But that that was a long time ago. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense, and I think the Jaguars are really actually in the thick of it to, for a wild card spot this year. At the if you have conservative expectations for them, in terms of in the division, I think they I think they are probably better than the than the Titans. I think they're better than the Texans right now. Um, and I, and I think that we're going to see that bear out. I think there. I think that it's really going to be it, the Colts will rebound. I think the Jaguars will be the ones who will probably be challenging for that wild card in that division. When you study football, as opposed to watching it just as like a fan and casually, take us through the things or the steps that you take to to uh, in terms of what you watch for and in the order that you watch it. Uh. Well. Firstly, I don't really watch the ball um, ever, right? So, you know, once, like, if we're lucky enough to see what's going on pre-snap, um, like, like when they're in the huddle, because uh, sometimes they'll play, obviously, play highlights or things like that. Um, you want to see how they come out, how the offense comes out originally, like their, you know, their starting formation. Um, you know, if there's if there's a running back in the backfield, uh, if he's motioning out wide, how many motions uh, do does the offense, you know, try to, uh, you know, put out there, or how many motions do they like have? The, yeah, like different what, different shifts. How many shifts yeah, they have in there? How many shifts, right? And then from that, then I look at the defense. So you know, who's following that motioner, um, if anybody? You know, that'll obviously kind of tell me um, the defense and and maybe what they're in. Um, you know, then I'll look at the the offensive line or the defensive line, see how many rushers are there. Um, so just looking at those two things will kind of give me an idea of what the defense is in, because generally the the camera isn't zoomed out enough to maybe see the safeties. Sometimes you can't tell if there's two, and you don't have time to count everybody on the field. Like you're not the defensive, you're not the assistant defensive coordinator where you have to count the players to make sure you know there isn't too many men on the field. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely who, who's following the motion, uh, how many defensive linemen, um, then, uh, then basically you look at, I, I look at the outside receivers once the ball is snapped. Uh, I look and see 
basically which way they're going. Is there anybody cutting underneath? Are they running, you know, a mesh uh, play? You know, um, you know, the defense, you know, what is the, are their first steps backwards? Is their first steps forward? Because then you'll be able to see, you know, who's blitzing. Um, You know, then I basically try to, try to take a look at that offensive line uh, to see, you know, if they're able to protect pretty well. Um, You know, and then the camera basically follows the ball. Uh, So, uh, you know, I'll generally just, you know, look in the center. Um, But yeah, I'm not following the ball too much. Um, But this, this season so far, the cameramen have been like pretty wrong in terms of uh, like, like falling for fakes and things like that, or, or the way that they zoom out has just like not been ideal. Um, the, I've like I've commented on it a bunch. Yeah, I know the the Lions Commanders game was certainly filled with a lot of those. You, you know, for me, uh, I similar stuff. Like for me, it's like I. I'm definitely formations. I'm looking a lot at the secondary in terms of can I see where the safeties are aligned? Are they are they deep? Are they split? Are is is there one in the middle of the field or are there two, you know, taking each side? Are there more than two safeties up there? You know, do you have are your um are your cornerbacks playing inside or outside shade um, Ooh, on yeah, the receivers cuz outside shade tends to be more of a zone type of concept inside shade tends to be more of a man type of concept i want to see whether it's a linebacker or safety following those shifts so i'm absolutely looking for those types of things i want to see i usually like to rewind the play a number of times just maybe one to two seconds before the snap to see if there's either an alignment shift by the line by a linebacker or a safety's depth drops or or ta- or or climbs late or or even the the lineman show of the the cornerback playing outside or inside do they change their their leverage last second because those things to me may tell you that that's them basically getting rid of the disguise at that very last second and whether the quarterback notices those disguises because if the quarterback notices that early um then you want to see it, whether the receiver he tries to go to notices it as well because then yeah. you can see whether they're on the same page after that it, for me it's about what are the you know if it's a run play it always starts with the center and the guard for me i'm looking yeah. to see if the center and the guard what are they doing are they double teaming do they each have their own assignment is one already climbing up to the second level are they pulling you know are we pulling players or are we having more of a zone play who's the you know what kind of shifts are disguised to like set up to, to either set up some sort to force either the defense to react and set up the man on man game in the run game. Where is it? Are, are they trying to get five against three or five against four in terms of the defenders or the blockers to the defenders? And I, and I usually count the running back as one of those members of the, on the field or whoever the ball carriers, if it's the quarterback, they count and on that perspective, but I'm looking yeah. for how those matchups go. Um, you know, so for me, a lot of that, the last things I tend to look at are the route, you, you know, the caliber, you know, those things, those things are at the end. Um, usually when I'm starting to watch a play, if I'm studying a player, 
I'm looking, especially quarterback. I'm looking at all those things with receiver. I'm looking at a lot of those things. Same with tight end with running back. It just, again, it begins with the center and the guard and then seeing how the, and then what type of scheme it is from that perspective. Um, and then move out to the running back and see what his decisions are dictated off of how the defense shift, whether, because what I'll do is I'll look at all those things like the, the linebackers, the alignment, the, the late changes and drop depths or the late changes with possibility of a run blitz, um, where the center guard starts, what the blocking scheme is. And then I look at how the running back did, and then I'll rewind back and go, okay, what was what should he have been looking at you know what was now that i know what the playing design is now i know what the linebackers were trying to do now that i know that the safety shot way up there to 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 be the force player in the, this gap then i'm looking at the running back going did he notice these things and what did he try to do because if 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 i see that there's a logic with his decisions with what's happening late pre-snap early post-snap then I know that the running backs making decisions based on, you know, understanding the scheme and understanding the defense, as opposed to just operating on athletic ability and reacting to to whatever stimuli that they see. And it's and it goes to the same thing with quarterback and wide receiver, like with wide receivers running zone routes. I look at that triangle between cornerback and linebacker and safety yeah. oftentimes and see where they're positioned and whether they are reading that well so that they understand where they need to, to cut off their break, where they need to influence a route with their STEM, who they yeah. need to try and influence. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, obviously there's a lot that we look at. Yeah. That that triangle will tell you, like, also if, a, you know, if, if a cornerback is one-on-one -on -one, uh, and, you know, you can, you can see, you know, the formation is at one by three, you know, two by two, are they stacked? Um, things like that, which also I forgot to mention. Um, and if they are, uh, you know, which hash mark is that on? You know, is is the is the three by, you know, is the trips is is it spread? Is it on the the open side of the field? Is it on the closed side? Uh, generally, you know, you can kind of tell. Okay, maybe if it's on the closed side, maybe they're they're trying to isolate. Um, they're trying to isolate one of their wide receivers on the other side. You know, if it's three by one. Uh, you know, where is where is that other linebacker then? Is he in the box? Is he uh, is he lined back out? Because if he's in the box, then maybe the running back can be successful with a pitch to that outside because there's only, uh, you know, one corner out wide, uh, depending on where that other safety is, if he's helping on the trip side um, or not. So, yeah, it is good to kind of pause uh, or rewind just a tiny bit, you know, right as the snap happens because you can kind of see, uh, you know, like you're saying, those disguises kind of uncovered themselves. And sometimes that happens with the motion. But if you have a good defense, uh, the motion doesn't matter. Uh, you know, they're, you know, nobody could follow the motioner and they just switch responsibilities and they're still in man coverage. Um, you know, that that's that's a good defense uh, if, you know, if that happens. So it's always it's always fun to watch, uh, you know, what happens pre and right at the snap. Yeah, well, it's always fun getting to chop it up with you, Lori, and this was definitely a, a fun show. And, uh, you know, Lori will be joining us again in a couple of weeks to talk more about the game and the NFL. 
And, uh, you know, of course, if you're interested in checking out more of her work, you can find her at TD Wire. You can find me at MattWaldmanRSP.com. Our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel is Matt Waldman RSP Film Room. And uh, thanks again for listening. And you guys have a great week.